0: <laughs> um, oh, God, you're on the loop again, aren't you? One sec, let me just...
1: Oh, oh. Oh yeah, oh, there we are. Oh. oh Jeff Bridges, man! <laughs> um, Johnny, Johnny, but, but, did you miss me? <laughs> yes, Papa. Um, Watching our No, Papa. Telling uh, lies, <laughs> yes, Papa. <laughs> um, before we begin, Jeff Bridges announced this week he's unwell, and it is the it is the last straw, universe. Sort your shit out, please. All right? Don't you dare take Jeff Bridges from us. The man has to make RIPD too. (laughs) No one has to make that. No one has to make that. No, but get well soon, Jeff Bridges. And condolences one and all as you are listening. To the big damn yes, cast. Yes, we're so Geeky sorry. Geeky gossip, <laughs> nerdy news, things to fill your time oh. with for the inevitable win of the Republican Party in the States again, because we can't have nice things. You can't. My name is Christopher Johnson.
0: My name is Erasmus Pants, and you can't prove it in court that it's not.
1: That's very true, because we can't go to court together. We're on episode, like, 20,000 of the at-home Skype sessions. um, Which is really weird, because, like... I've actually lost count. It's been a long time. Yeah. I mean, normally, the last few years, uh, we've done Skype only over December and January, because I've been away doing pantomime. Mm -hmm. And this year, if people get their shit together... We might actually get to record in the same space when I would normally be doing pantomime. Yeah. <laughs> so that'll be some weird reverse. I wouldn't um, hold your breath. I'm d- no, good lord. But if you are going to hold it, folks, hold it under a fucking mask.
0: Unless For you're seven minutes.
1: <laughs> if you're, oh, like right before we even begin. So just before we started, Keats came over to you and went, oh, by the way, just show Chris this. And, and it's something I'd seen before. Could you please describe your what was put in front of your eye holes what and was why?
0: What was put in front of my eye holes was a picture of uh, what I assume was Sigourney Weaver in a motion capture suit with a big motion capture cloak, stood on the bottom of a swimming pool. And <laughs> I just went, oh, that's how they filmed Avatar 2, is it? Okay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, They've been doing a lot of filming underwater for James Cameron's Avatar Part 2 due out for 10 years ago, five years ago, this year, next year, every decade going forward. Do you remember when people were anticipating Avatar 2? Yeah, it was the two months after Avatar came out. That was kind of it. I don't think it even was that. I don't think anyone
0: came out of Avatar going, I really want to see another one of those.
1: I oh, no, surely did no, no, no. who... give it give it give it give it its credit. It it was a it was a worldwide phenomenon for like the month of its release at the end of 2009 because it was the first sort of big spectacle 3D movie in the bo- the return boom of 3D technology to cinemas. If only they'd and... got the Disney
0: section Disney park <laughs> section out in time, it would have been so much <laughs> yeah, better. Well,
1: well that was what was when when they announced that Animal Kingdom was getting Pandora, which full discla- full disclosure I've been to it's some of the most visually impressive like um scenery and and uh immersion i've ever seen in a in a theme park or attraction it's nuts the main ride is phenomenal flight of the um banshee whatever it's called but flight of passage the um the riverboat ride is pointless but has a gorgeous animatronic and the food there's really cool it's just weird because it's like oh yeah this was from a movie you sort of sit there going <laughs> like Oh right, yeah. Like you could just buy it as its own thing. It's like yeah, cool. Oh right, there was a film. Oh, there's meant to be more films, huh?
0: I, I for um, one can't wait to explore the rich Avatar cinematic universe. Well,
1: and that's what he said. That's what Cameron said a while ago. That the this, the further sequels will explore different worlds, but the second one will mostly be on Pandora again. It's
0: just such a fertile, uh, <laughs> a fertile uh, bedding for stories that are all dances with wolves with blue people.
1: like Yeah. I can't, Do you guys want Poca- to see Pocahontas, but insulting in a different way? I can't wait to watch Avatar, The Last Blue <laughs> Samurai again. It's bizarre. Um, <laughs> but at least now we have learned that they're filming loads of stuff under water. And Kate Winslet claims she can now hold her breath for seven minutes. See, thanks Kate to Winslet, the training, I thought it was Sigourney Weaver. Oh, Kate Winslet in the uh, in the article. Quote oh, right okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, I don't have to go on, he's in the pick, but but Kate Winslet's the one who said, like, we've been filming underwater stuff and I can hold my breath now.
0: Oh, yeah. After no. all the
1: training they've put us through for seven minhui. And it's like, cool. Will the film be any good? <laughs>
0: like, Why? That's, that's, on know, earth would you hold your breath uh, for seven
1: minutes? To spend seven minutes in an attempt to get yourself into a semi-asphyxiated, we... hallucinatory state so that when you come back up to the surface, James Cameron's like, right, what we're going to do now? And like, you're like, I can't even hear him properly. I'm on cloud nine. I'm hallucinating, bitch. I'm great. I, I, I don't understand James Cameron.
0: Like, I just don't understand his weird sort of control freak. Um,
1: the last like film super... he made was Avatar. Yeah. It's been over 10 years since Avatar. Nearly te- it's been nearly over 10 years since Avatar. It's been nearly 11 years, rather, since Avatar uh, came out. And all he's been making in that time is technological advances to film and then beginning the filming of Avatar 2, 3, 4, and 5. That's too many avatars. Does the world need it? no i mean will it be interesting you could it'll probably be technologically interesting but i doubt you'll be able to see the technological interesting in technologically interesting stuff on screen um like the mandalorian which we'll get to next week because it comes out after we've recorded this like part of the charm of the mandalorian is that melding of technology with practical and solid effects and why everyone sort of fell in love with the look of that show was the was the background and digital effects used to create the environments being so utterly convincing that it was like, wait, that's that's well, it- not really there. That's amazing. Added on to, oh, my God, those costumes and puppets and props and, and things look incredible. And it's a nice mix of fascinations of the technology. Yeah. Whereas Avatar is just all going to look like it's been generated in a computer. So what's the point? Like, what's the point in teaching actors to hold their breath underwater to film them as big butterfly creatures to be filmed yeah, in rip. actual water in mocap Chris. suits if Chris. ultimately you could you could fake them being underwater with the technology used to uh, enhance the performance capture performance in a computer? Chris, I don't think you understand. We we shot this underwater. All oh, right, all the Oscars. Yeah. Give it. Oh wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it about the fact that white men and black men can actually get on, maybe, or is it set in old time Hollywood? No, no, we shot this underwater. Oh, then no Oscars, no Oscars, oh. no Oscars, no Oscars. No, 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 no. You have to, you have to, you have to talk down to us and show us that Vigo Mortensen oh. can be slightly less racist to get an Oscar. Um, but we shot it under. Okay. But we shot it underwater. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, but it's not about old timey Hollywood. Uh, so. Also, also, not the first. Uh, film All the military James
0: Cameron is shot underwater. I'll oh, shot you big chunks of underwater. Remember the yeah. abyss?
1: Yeah, that was a thing. Do you remember that documentary he made about like, looking out for the Titanic and discovering more about it, like, about 15 years ago. I haven't seen it. Is it on Disney Plus? I have a feeling it's on Disney Plus. It might be on Disney Plus. Welcome to Disney Plus, where you can watch James Cameron get paid to uh, sit in Thunderbird 4 and shine a torch on some bubbles. Oh, I'm
0: sorry. I didn't realise we were doing a fucking LOLO revival.
1: <laughs> Listen very carefully. <laughs> I just says it's all once. no. What news is that? Wasn't the, an invitation, world, gentle sir. It's Halloween weekend. Surely we've got some spooky news out from the world of media, popular there is culture, some and all news. that shite. Well, Spider-Man oh. three started filming. Ooh, we got our first... spooky man and, three uh, because
0: the Uncharted film was wrapped, and we got our first
1: Uncharted. We got
0: our first look at um, Tom Holland in <laughs> costume as Nathan Drake on set.
1: Ooh, um, Nathan, grave, like grave, dread. K- k. Um,
0: <laughs> but the most horrifying thing was the picture. Is the picture that's going around of Mark Wahlberg with a terrible moustache?
1: Oh God, is it an official one or is, is it just like an on sets photo that surfaced? Um. It looks For those like who don't know, Uncharted is being made by Sony Pictures and it's it's basically like the second attempt after the Ratchet and Clank animated movie to be like, we now make films based on our video game properties. Um, and it's a live action and it's Uncharted and it's set in the time between the flashbacks of number three and presumably Golden Abyss, the Vita game. Like It's, it's set sort of <clears throat> about, about eight, nine years, maybe more before the first Uncharted game. Tom Holland is playing a younger Drake. And because he was was attached to it over 10 years ago to play Drake, but the film stalled, stopped, started, stopped, started, wasn't happening, was happening, was rewritten, this, that, and the other. Mark Wahlberg was contractually tied up in it. So when it came to the development of this one, they've obviously gone, ah, well, we either buy out Marky Mark or we cast him in it. But he can't be Drake. So they cast him as Sully, which is like the worst casting... Ever, yeah. Do you want um, to see? Do you want to see now, how, how bad? So just before you flip that image and, and spoil my dreams and curdle me like milk, the image of Tom Holland that came out as Drake came out around the same day that he posted some set photos with him meeting Nolan North, the voice and performance yeah. captured Drake from the games. Yeah. And and like I think it was uh, Naughty Dog first posted the preview picture of them talking to each other, like proper, like really smiling while they're chatting away with each other. And the picture said, like, find somebody who looks at you the way Nathan Drake looks at Nathan Drake. Yeah. And it's like, that's really cute. And Noel North and Tom Holland were tweeting each other, talking about how like, it was a lovely day, and it was great to like like meet each other. And and like they, they both love what each other has done with this character and can't wait to see what the film's going to turn out like. And it's like, hmm. okay, that's encouraging. That's a little encouraging that Nate Drake himself is like, no, I like this. Like, I, I like what they're doing. I've had a look at it. And I think it's going to be, I think people who love the games and love the stories we told are going to enjoy it. And then they released a, a professional teaser image of Tom Holland as Nathan Drake, and he looks—he looks like Nathan Drake. It looks like a younger Drake. He's the costumes erring a bit more on the size lo- of like the Drake's fortune. PS it looks like 5. really
0: good, really really good cosplay.
1: Re- and that's not a knock. Like it's just—it's yeah. like if you're gonna do cosplay that l- impresses the heck out of you, may as well do it in the movie where people kind of want you to look like the character. Do you want to like, see? It's. it's it's pretty damn solid, and it's a, it's like a, oh, tasty. But then I remembered, oh yeah, Wahlberg Sully. So Matt's about to reveal to me the image of Wahlberg it's as not, Sully. It's
0: not the highest res, and it looks like it was like that's, taken that's in fine. his trailer or something.
1: Oh wait, oh wait, um, did he like not? Did he not like the the fact that Holland was getting all the compliments? So he put out a uh, an image or something. Oh guys, I'm just I can, to find, I can, I can find words can't describe. Words can't describe the sort of slight disgust on Matt's face right now. I'll, I'll give it a try. It sort of looks like like he's just been brought his breakfast at an airport restaurant before getting on his plane. And it's arrived, and he's like, oh, yeah, I've got the black pudding. Oh, right, the mushrooms are there. Great. Bit of sausage. How thick is the skin on those beans? That's the look Matt's got on his face right now. Oh, fuck. And now he's shown me the image.
0: i I'm Matt
1: is even looking down into the camera like somebody who's trying to judge how thick the skin is on his beans. Why is the tash longer on one side? I couldn't tell It's like sloping down one side of his face. He looks awful. Oh, Christ. It's basically Marky Mark with a moustache. Look at that moustache! Look at that moustache! Just, no. No, no, no. Don't want don't want that looks like it's an instagram video or something yeah which implies to me implies to me that he was like oh you guys like the uh like the image of tom huh oh well, okay what about me here's, here's my my turn huh huh if i do this the studio can't tell I me i him, huh? cannot like, imagine
0: no. <laughs> Wahlberg trying to do some kind of victor sullivan voice i just can't imagine it in my head
1: hey hey nate it's me victor victor goddamn sullivan
0: yeah? Like, just think, uh, what? what's the actor's name he plays? He plays Sully. Um, um
1: I'm gonna have to look Victor it up. Goddamn Sullivan. Victor Goddamn Sullivan. It's, I, it's Richard something, isn't it? Is it a Richard something? Or am I dribbling out of my ears? We're gonna
0: find out. Yeah, Richard McGonagall.
1: Richard McGonagall. He's great. He looks, at, ironically, he looks like Jeff Bridges, man. Like, he's bald and big old white beard. Um,. And he's great. Like, he embodies that character so beautifully. Yeah. Like The reason why people love Sully is because, like, Nate is... Oh, Nate's Han Solo. Nah, nah. Sully's Han Solo. Yeah. <laughs> and you don't realise it until he first, like, encounter him and you go, oh, yeah, Drake knows shit. Drake don't know shit. Nate's Chewbacca. He's still got the enthusiasm... Yeah, he's... Nate, Nate is Chewbacca. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, Sully's simultaneously sick of this shit, but still has that, like, lust for it all. Um, he's a dab hand in a difficult situation, despite being way too old to be in these situations. He chews through cigars like the fucking Wrigleys. Like, he's, 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 he's so charming. He's like, a, he's the, he's the ultimate, like, charming well, scam that, that's the thing, isn't it? Like, Mark Wahlberg isn't charming. No, no, he's racist. I don't um, think he has an um, ounce a terrible of charm actor. in him. Hmm. Yeah, so. But hey, hey, it's me. Sullivan, Victor, Victor goddamn Sullivan, huh? Drinking a Bud Light, but you know no. who is charming. Oh, who is charming? Where's the, he going with the this? The sweet,
0: sweet, chiselled chin and dreamy dark eyes
1: of one Oscar Isaac. Oh. Okay, I not thought you, it was Chris. me for a second. Not you. Okay. Um, Why is Oscar Isaac on your radar, so you horny, horny bastard? Take this with a pinch of salt. He's always on my radar. A of salt, even.
0: Take this, take this with a pinch of salt. But <laughs> um, the reports are going around that he's in talks to star as Moon Nugget slash Mark Spector um, in the forthcoming MC, um, MCU uh, Disney Plus series, Moon Knife. Okay.
1: Um, (laughs) I'm getting mixed signals here. (laughs) Is it sad that when you said moon nugget, the first thing I thought of was those toys from the 90s from McDonald's where they were little nuggets and you put them in like costumes that they were like, they looked like Frankenstein's monster? Yeah, but they were like, they they were like really shit
0: Mr. Potato Heads because it was just like top and bottom. Yeah, yeah, I remember.
1: And I was always upset because even as a kid I was like, the space taken up by this fake nugget could have been taken up by an extra nugget. I had some of the Little Mermaid Happy
0: Meal toys that I remembered fondly when Keeks was watching it the other week. I had like Prince Eric in a little plastic boat, a little plastic sailboat. I had, did, did he Did he, Did he? he try to kiss you? I had a water, no, sadly
1: not. <laughs> Um, While you weren't talking or able to express your opinion, did he try to kiss you? And I had a, a little flounder that squirted water. Yeah, but what about the McDonald's? T- hey! Got, um, um, <laughs> I had a I had an anime, Batman the animated series rubber Joker head that shot water.
0: Yeah, I had a Batman the animated series uh, Catwoman.
1: Oh, what did she do?
0: Uh, nothing. She, <laughs> she did. She did. She spit water? She was basically a statue, which was like a. like a three and like a three and a quarter inch like action figure size
1: and five-year-old matt had his first sexual awakening no
0: no no, that was with the aerial (laughs) figure that came
1: with uh um two-year-old matt is sexual (laughs) uh, um, filth buckets anyway Uh, so moon knight talking about sexual experiences
0: oscar isaac (laughs) Hey. Is, yeah, apparently using talks to take the title role in the Moon Knight
1: uh, MCU series which they've talked about. Um is also good cuz like Moon Knight is a role that they could very easily just choose to whitewash. Yeah. But by casting Oscar Isaac, they are not doing that, which is good. But here's the thing. However, however, good Matthew. Didn't this same story break several weeks ago about Tatiana Maslany? Uh, Tatiana Maslany. Playing She-Hulk. Tatiana Maslany um, was playing uh, She-Hulk, which she then came out and went, uh, yeah, I have a feeling that this is yeah. a rumour that's been blown out of proportion, guys. Um,
0: uh, so, yeah, this, and there was no, I mean, even Mark, was it, from even, the the other camps. But, yeah, hmm. it just doesn't. <clears throat> so, take it with many pinches of salt.
1: Um, yeah, because, well, that's, because that's the rumor. comic book media websites right now are gagging for material. Like, they're gasping for some news to break. And as proved by the She-Hulk news recently, some of them are talking out of their arse, or one of them's getting a sniff of truth. Like, maybe Tatiana had a meeting yeah. with them. And they are going, they're in talks to do this, they're in talks to do that. Like, the Sony thing the other week, last week, with, you know, Toby Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Like, it's someone's probably shat that idea out into the ether and a site has taken it and run with it. And then you watch all of these, all of these freaking, um, like, like uh, unimaginative sites, like comic book screen rant. Um, like all of them are just copying and pasting from each other. The same, the same shit. Um, it's shown up in more reputable sites like empire and stuff like that. True, but, but even the She-Hulk thing rocked up in uh in Hollywood Reporter eventually, yeah. so you know, like people are all just going, oh, I guess enough people are reporting on it. Maybe we should do a story on it. And you're yeah. like, right, okay. I mean, it's the Woolworths thing, isn't it? It's the Woolworths shit. That's really- <laughs> Where one account tweets, Woolies is coming back to your high street next year, and suddenly it's trending, everyone's talking it's... about it, websites are doing this, and like the other, and it took the it took the, the the brains of one journalist at like the Independent or The Guardian mm. to get in touch with Very who own the the brand Woolworths now. Yeah. Because there's a couple of Woolies stores in Australia. And they they phoned him up, they were like, So is this true? And they were like, Yeah, we have no idea why that tweet's been put out. That's not one of our accounts. All it took was one journalist who actually is a fucking journalist. One to journalist. investigate it. And since that account has now like sort of minimalized and gone, yeah, we were just getting your hopes up high. Isn't this funny? And it's like, but for two, three days and I guarantee <laughs> there'll be people listening to, there'll be people listening to me say this right now in this podcast who won't have followed up on it. Who'll be listening to me saying this and going, oh, it's not coming back. No, sorry guys. It's not because the internet is bored. I'm looking for anything else to talk about right now. Look, Wallace so is gone. It it's way out of proportion. Yeah. Um, uh, I think this is definitely, definitely uh, dubious, for several reasons as we've just listed. But one of them is I don't think Isaac would take this deal. No, I don't think he had. Rewind a great time. back to, yeah, rewind back to the press at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, where they said someone flat out asks him. Uh, do you, in one of the junk kits, so if like, would you ever reprise the role of Poe? And he goes like, uh, no, I think, I think I've sort of done all I can do with him really. And they were like, so like if Disney, Disney Plus, like, you know, reversed a dump truck of money up your driveway and said, you know, would you want to do a Poe Dameron Disney Plus series? And he goes, and it's so funny, he just goes, no! Nope! Like that, <laughs> just so like loudly and grinning. And you're like, okay, hey, this, this is a man much like John Boyega who a year, two, three years from now is going to sit down and go right so here's the shit that went down making these Yeah, movies. yeah. So and it's like oh he's he's doing his thing, he's doing his contractual thing, the movie's out, he's not going to bad mouth there, he's going to talk about the good stuff that happened. The man's a professional. He was in sucker punch. He can take he can take oh, some shit. Oh, oh, that's mm, yeah, he, he can <laughs> if he can survive being directed by Zack Snyder mm. and not go insane. Mm. But also, you know, I, forgot, I forgot John Hamm was in that until I watched Maggie Mae Fisher's... Um, I mean, Snyder he's videos. barely in it, but yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Um, Sucker Punch is terrible. Sucker Punch um, is fucking awful. Um, <laughs> Sucker Punch would be amazing if you took all of the video gamey imaginary sequences... And shot a completely different wraparound narrative mm. that was not based around rape they, they, abuse and lobotomization in an asylum. They managed to like, like if, if, if it was like an author just using her imagination to do some weird shit. It'd be like cool, okay, fair enough. Mm. Video game, the movie, like. But sure. even so, it just took all that it's imagery horrible. and just made it really, really boring. Because he washed it out. Yeah. Um, um, anyway, so now here's, so here's, here's the other question. Oh yes. That if this is true, Matt, Matt's a suspect. Yes, I suspect that if this is true, it'll
0: be because um, the Star Wars and Marvel brands at Disney are under different leaderships. So true, it may be a yeah. case of him being like, I'm not going to go work with the Star Wars folk again because they fucked it up. Because what is different between the Star Wars and Marvel brands at, at Disney is the leadership.
1: Yes. Yes. It doesn't seem yeah.
0: like there's a, like, a person... Who is in control of the sort of artistic and
1: narrative direction of
0: the Star Wars stuff at Disney?
1: Yeah, there there are overseers, but no one is is steering that. Yeah,
0: shit. it doesn't seem like <clears throat> to 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 put um, to sort of try and draw an equivalency, although they, are, they have slightly different
1: roles. Kathleen Kennedy is not Kevin Feige for Star yeah, Wars. She's not the she's not the creative voice yeah. and. And captain of the Star Wars ship. Yeah, she's the keeper. She's the keeper of the treasure. Yeah, she's she's the she's one the who looks of, after the treasure. <laughs> she's
0: the boss of Lucasfilm, but she doesn't have the, um, the sort of vision that uh, Kevin Feige has in terms of. Not like he's the. I'm not, I'm not trying to say like he's some visionary genius of. of, of no, but like the, they had an they're idea.
1: Both, they're both the figureheads yeah. of these these. These, uh, like, companies, the wrong word, but they're both the figureheads of these two brands. Yeah. Feige Feige is a storyteller who works with other storytellers to tell the story, and then he deals with all the bureaucracy and paperwork and this, that, and the other. Kathleen Kennedy deals with the bureaucracy and paperwork and hires good storytellers to do the storytelling and leaves them to it, Yeah, which has resulted in mixed results, because obviously, like you said, there isn't someone, like... There's there no there is a firm hand across everything. Yeah.
0: But there, is, there is, well, <clears> there <throat> was. I don't know what the deal is with it now, because Pablo Hidalgo was heading the Star Wars story group, who is yeah. respo- who were responsible for keeping everything sort of in sync between the movies and all the time media and stuff. But then Rise of Skywalker came out and just flew in the face of a bunch of stuff that they'd already established. Yeah. Particularly, again, with Poe. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, Poe's backstory. Oh god, the graphic novels have done so much better for him yeah. and, and, the, and the the novels had done so much better with him than the films ever did. Poe's backstory prior to Rise of Skywalker
0: that was that he was an army brat. Yeah. Um... I mean he's
1: literally conceived on Endor. No, no, uh is he conceived on Endor? Yeah, he's 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 bought he's like he's like conceived in the celebrations. Um uh... After after the, the the end of the second Death Star, yeah, but then him and
0: his parents, who were both rebels. Oh no, that's soldiers. it. No, you're right. Yeah,
1: his, his parent. I think his parents meet there during that celebration, and then like it's it's during the stuff in um, what's it called Empire after after no, it's one of the graphic Shattered novels. Shattered Empire. Shattered Empire. That's yeah, the one. Yeah. It's during it's during the events of that, which take place in the few years after. Yeah. Um, uh, Return of the Jedi that they. They bone and well, conceive, well, yeah, Podameron. He, he was raised, making on... him about making him about thirty years old in the uh, the new films, which makes sense in terms of the realm like, level of expertise and trust he's yeah. given as like a captain of their air force. But he's
0: a, he's raised on Yavin Four.
1: Yeah, he's, he's, he's parent, a, like I said, he's... an army brat raised by the rebellion, then the resistance. Yeah, so, and,
0: and then then yet they just put in this whole <laughs> scoundrel backstory for him, which comes out of nowhere. Um, if you've but been like, up, so the story group clearly don't have that much influence on the films because now they've got to do a bunch of like oh god how are we going to fit fit that in so yeah that doesn't quite work but you know that's a small thing and it's only oh sorry it's only really a, <laughs> it's only really a problem if you've been following the tie-in media and the Thai media is always one of those things where you're just like I'm gonna have to be ready to discard this at a moment's notice,
1: but, which is a shame because a lot of the Star Wars time media yeah. since 2015 has been really good, yeah, <laughs> like and, really solid. And, overall. and also
0: with the stated intent of we want all of this to join together properly. Not, like if you not wanted like to have a shelf, U, which was just a whole if, hodgepodge, but no. oh
1: god! Like if you wanted to have a shelf of Star Wars, just like the story in order, if you wanted to do it, you could figure it out. Like these books take place here. These books take place here. Here's the saga. Yeah. Clone Wars fits in the middle. Um. That like you you could if you wanted to have that like you know books 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 DVD DVD books DVD and have it in order and it makes sense and all of it fit and and then rises Skywalker. Fucks with that. Um. Well, the other reason he might want to come into it because of like, the steadier hand. Aside from the steadier hand across mm-hmm. like how they tell stories with at Marvel. Might be that his driveway is big enough to fit two dump trucks. <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> or maybe he's just like, "Fuck it, I want to play superhero." Yeah. What? 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 His His face is covered for most of it. Fuck it. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Like, I'll show up for five days. I I'll do. Give me what. Give me what Pedro got. Give me what Pedro got. Yeah. Give me the Pedro oh, deal. Like, I'll I'll be in for like fifty percent of it. Of whenever you need my face. And then I'll go home. I want, <laughs> so. I want the Pascal
0: contract. Um, and I mean, Pedro. Meanwhile,
1: meanwhile, Charlie Cox is like not in I Was it. in the suit every fucking day. <laughs> <laughs> um.
0: So yeah, I. Oh. It, <clears throat> things are not confirmed, but who could say? Uh, it honestly could go either way.
1: Um, because life is short. And you are hot. Um, So yeah, we'll see. We will see. Blink. (laughs) What a treat. Thanks, Matt. Yes, it's the spooky season. Spooky. Do you have any spooky plans? Uh, yes. What are you spooping? I'm gonna raise the
0: dead and lead an army of necrotic fiends. In an uprising against our despotic, idiotic
1: government. I mean, at the very least, if that doesn't work out, can you can you use Necrotic Fiends as a band name? <laughs> necrotic Fiends. The Necrotic Fiends. Yes. <laughs> I can do that. The, decay, the decayed ne'er-do-wells. Ah, yes. Um, Got to bring back the word ne'er-do-well. The, well, the while Blighty you're... Bros. Blighty um, Bros. While while you're reading your uh, uh satanic materials and and spraying your your goat's blood My in the uh undience. correct areas, yeah, your um you <laughs>
0: you love the it throbbing you
1: the thro- the throbbing flesh between your fingers. You spray it's it's uh it's uh, devil's juice, ah, all over the the devil's moisture. Uh, I think you should probably spend that time uh reading something. Okay. Um. And as it Halloween, as it be Halloween, sir, you should read some at Spoopy. What so, pray tell? Could I possibly read what is spoopy? Well, what about five spoopy comic book themed suggestions that may or may not tantalise your titty buds? Five uh,
0: spoopy-themed comic book things that <laughs> might tickle my terror and taste buds.
1: Yeah? Yeah, fondle, fondle your 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 fright-filled fancy. Tell me, Don Miguel, tell <laughs> me of
0: le comique diabolique. Well, gentle
1: listener, yeah. we need some creaky sound effects. I think. Um, you you, you fill them in while I, I tee this up. Uh, so gentle <coughs> listener, there's there's an owl apparently. <laughs> Someone let a pigeon in. <laughs> yes. Gather around the campfire for another bone chilling installment of something we've never done before. Ooh. Christopher recommends spoopy shit to read. Thunder cracks. I'm probably wearing a cape. <sighs> um. You know, this setup's actually more apt than you believe, but we'll get to that. Oh. Yeah, I, I, I thought uh, everything's shite right now, and looking at screens is bringing me nothing but despair. So if you can break away from your screens long enough uh, to pick up a book, dear listener, or at the very least, head over to like uh, Marvel Unlimited app, uh, Boom's app, DC's app, or the, or the comic book repositories from which to digest. Oh, yes, they've got it all, baby. Uh, I've got five, five recommends. For y'all to read this spoopy Halloween, recommend some shit, boy. Yeah, uh, a couple of a uh, couple of uh, honorable mentions before I crack on things that I think you should check out that are in the world. Uh, the recent series "Deceased" uh, is one that. Is oh worth yeah, into. I watched the comic pop back issues on that. I uh, I should check that out at some point. <clears throat> it's the right level of batshit mental, and it's yeah, it's in a fami- it's in a familiar superhero world where horrible things are happening. Instead, it's an Elseworlds tale. Uh, and and worth a peek, although its clear source of inspiration may or may not be coming up in the next. Oh, 20, it definitely will be. I also recommend seeking out the indie comic book series Twisted Dark, which is a very yes. Twilight Zone esque series of. Uh, uh a, a spoopy tales for gruesome kids um <laughs> another one to find is if you can get hold of some of j michael straczynski's twilight zone from dynamite from a few years back that one is worth dipping into oh, okay. as well all right uh it's it's very old school horror it's a lot more along the lines of creep show and and tales yeah. from the crypt and, and the old the I, comic old book, ec horror comic anthologies stuff. of yeah. old yeah the ec comic stuff it's 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 very much that kind of vibe um <clears throat> but with that classy Rod Serling kind of packaging. Makes sense. Uh, <clears throat> so those are big recommends from me. Uh, and also, if you fancy something festive and creepy, try and find Marvel Zombies Christmas Carol. <laughs> it's not a Marvel Zombies book. It's just a really, really gruesome-looking, fucked-up version of Christmas Carol. And it's sure. kind of brilliant. Um, sure. Other recommends include Eddie Tomb of Dracula midnight Suns but these are <laughs> these are arcs <clears throat> we're gonna to be touching on a couple of arcs here but mostly some standalone or um, pilot episode goodies okay so first okay. up we spoke about this a while ago on the podcast but I have since read the first volume of 2018's Buffy the vampire Slayer from boom Studios oh this is uh well how the best put it if you're aware of the TV series Buffy the Vampire Slayer, congratulations, you're a good person. You're a good egg. Uh, you've unlike probably enjoyed many it's hours of Joss fantastic Whedon. television. Um, yeah, unlike its creator Joss Whedon, uh, whose name, unfortunately, uh, is blazoned across the top of this yeah. and the spine, despite him not being involved in it. They've done the same thing with the Firefly one. Yeah, I've got some of the Firefly issues and they've done the same. And it's like, oh, for God's sake. Like the Dr. Horrible comic, the recent one, miniseries, isn't written by him, but his name's on it. And you're like, oh, for God's sake, why? But anyway, uh, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. uh, If you're familiar with the TV show, you know the deal. Difference is, Boom Studios' Buffy the Vampire Slayer is the ultimate comics version of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. This is a... So, you're making the show and you want to use elements that people know, but... It's 2018 when this series started. So, how do you do it now? I tells you how you do it. You don't just add smartphones into the mix. <laughs> you completely change the context of things. Stuff is slightly different. It's what you know, but not how you know it. Um, two teenagers, Xander Harris and Willow Rosenberg, best mates in his childhood, hanging out at the... Uh, the <laughs> what's it called? Tuniverse fast fish based fast food restaurant mm-hmm. are attacked in the parking lot by some freakish dude with a bumpy face only for the lady working behind the till at the fast food restaurant on her, uh, her cigarette break she doesn't smoke, comes out attacks the guy, stabs him, turns him to dust and then he's like, you two okay? Okay, bye. Uh, they're now intrigued by this superhero or maybe supervillain living <laughs> in there their, their small town of Sunnydale and realise quickly that she's the new girl at school. She joined about two months ago. Her name's Buffy Summers. They know she's capable of weird things. And they're like, hey, um, that was strange. Do you want some friends? Like, it <laughs> seems like you're kind of lonely and you saved our lives. We feel we at least owe you like some hangout time. Like We at least owe you like a movie night at one of our houses and some popcorn and stuff. And Buffy's a little reluctant at first, but only because she's been told to not make friends. Buffy transferred three months ago with a man called uh, Rupert Giles who's now working in the library of the school. They train every night for something that Buffy's calling her calling but isn't going into too much uh, on what that means. Meanwhile, vampires pop out at night in Sunnydale all the goddamn time. Buffy, since arriving here, has been stabbing the heck out of them on the quiet, patrolling every evening when her mum thinks that she is hanging out with friends. Her mum's distracted by her boyfriend, Eric, anyway, so they're off doing their own thing. Mm. Um, And you're like, Eric who? Yeah, they just throw in new freaking characters. And you're like, sure, okay. Um, One night, Buffy attacks a vampire who she stabs in the heart, and he doesn't die. She notices the weird trinket he's wearing, and thus begins the manhunt to find whichever whichever, uh, supplier in town is selling dangerous artefacts to common vampires. Problem is, two not-so-common vampires, the Mistress Drusilla and her boyfriend-slash-bitch William, are in town, <laughs> trying to find the same dealer because the dealer has something known as the Power, which Drusilla has been looking for for some time. Um, anyone who's watched the shows, listen to this going, wait, what? Little bits. Wait, wait. Little bits. Wait. Mistress Drusilla? Do you, what, do you mean Drusilla? Well, no. No, because this is kind of different. Welcome to Buffy the World story. Um, it goes in different places. Yeah, characters, so I've heard. <clears throat> the characters you are aware of from the show appear at different time periods. Like one of Buffy's classmates who she set up on a date with is Robin Wood. So it's Principal Wood from the show, except it's not but only when you realise do you sort of look at the way this kid is illustrated and you're like, oh God, yeah, it's D.B. Woodside. <laughs> the The artist for this series is uh, Dan H- Mora, and Dan Mora's style is fantastic because everybody looks like the actor you have in your head. Yeah. But the characters behave differently, dress differently, are in a different era, so it doesn't look like you're looking at somebody illustrating an episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer it looks like somebody's taken the same, like, moulds, has taken the action figures, has taken the fan art, and gone, no, this is what we're doing now instead. Hmm. They are unmistakably the actors without strictly sticking to their visuage. For example, I will show you there. Oh, yes. Yeah. yeah, that's... Um... Like, that is Buffy Summers. Yeah. Um, you know, like, that is unmistakably her. That's William. Yeah. That is unmistakably yeah. uh, who... He, I mean, he calls himself a different name when he meets Cordelia Chase and when Cordelia finds out that's what... Uh, when Drusilla finds out he called himself Spike, she's like, shut up, you're William. And it's like, okay. Brilliant. Cordelia Chase has got a very modern hair dye job. Yeah. Uh, Cordelia is very much series three Cordelia. She's not a bitchy California Valley girl. She is genuinely lovely to everybody and is actually kind of trying to do better for her school, but knows she's popular and is fine with it. She's the nicer Cordelia. And so when I first encountered her, in this I was like, "Oh, why wouldn't you want to tell the story of the?" Oh, because I guess we've seen that story a million times in yeah. things set in high school, and like, so they're not they're think, not going to do that.
0: I think it's more interesting to approach a story like this without falling into old stereotypes.
1: Oh yeah, like, absolutely.
0: If you're going to redo Ta- it, don't just hit the same beats.
1: Yeah, try new things. I mean, yeah. Willow, for example, is not. Shy, retreating, series one willow in in rainbow cardigans, long sleeves, not talking to anybody. Like, she is a uh, fairly confident, like, high school goth. Her girlfriend Rose, because, yeah, it's 2018. Like, she feels yeah. a lot more emboldened and knows herself more in this version of the continuity. Her girlfriend Rose and her, like, adore each other. They're running for class president opposite Cordelia and there is no bad blood in a scene where I was like, I'm waiting for this to turn into the bit where Cordelia finally goes like, and by the way, I'm better than you. Nope, doesn't happen. It's like, okay, this is refreshing. This is, this feels like a modern high school. This Hmm. feels like we're in a modern high school rather than the high school archetype of film and television that has existed for 30, 40 years. Um, Where everyone is in their 30s and 40s. The Magic Dealer isn't explicitly <laughs> named, yeah. The ma- well, the Magic Dealer isn't... Oh, they make a big point in this of suggest- of saying that everyone in Buffy's year, like our main teen characters are all 16 and they are all recently 16. Yeah. So they're really hammering down the idea of, no, this is a book about a teenage superhero and her friends. Yeah. Um, which is is different because the original series, sort of, they're 16, 17 at first and it's about them going into senior year and then the two senior years of high school and whereas this is like no no no, it's a comic book they're gonna stay kids they're gonna stay kids for a while longer um the magic dealer in question isn't explicitly named at first but i was taking one look at her face i'm like that's emma caulfield later on mistress lucilla refers to her as anyanka and i'm like they're bringing anya into this okay uh giles is a harsher guy buffy doesn't really know much about him outside of their training there's an implication that maybe they were training already before the move to Sunnydale and the move to Sunnydale strategic. Yeah. Um, instead of she goes there, Giles is there and waiting and is like, yes, I'm one of the watchers," And she's like, Oh bollocks. I guess you're only my, my new watcher then." No, it seems like the two of them have come here together hmm. and helped to arra- help helped to arrange Joyce's move to Sunnydale as part of it. Um, it's, you know, there's, there's a bit more hmm. of a conspiratorial thing going on. Um, we have a giant freaking bat creature called uh, Kamazots, who is Buffy's, as she words it, Pegasus. So that's going to be an ongoing thing, because she's got a giant right. freaking bat that kills kills vampires. All um, right. The reason I want to bring this one up is it's volume one. It doesn't work as its own self-contained story arc, but if you're looking for something to start reading outside of uh, Halloween month going forward, and you love Buffy the Vampire Slayer... And you're like, I wonder what it'd be like now, but without the troublesome dude at the helm. Then mm. this is an interesting place to start. The way this first arc ends is with one of our regular cast members becoming sired. Yes. Um, and yes, I have
0: heard tell of this.
1: I am super fucking intrigued as to where that'll go. I have what I have wh- uh, whipped around um, to add the book depot versions of Volume Two and Angel Volume 1 to my Amazon uh, basket, because I'm like, yep, I want to read some more. Like, yeah, Let's right. do it. I'll all spend right. a few quid on them. Um, if you're looking for more as well, Angel runs concurrently the same way the Darth Vader Star Wars comic did for a few years, where like yeah. they're both happening at the same time, and then they overlap in a few places. Um, Angel's story is completely different. He's glimpsed very briefly in this story at the end, so I'm interested to see where it's going to go, but it's cool, and because this was the, the launch of the series... All the variant covers are in the back of the book as well, including some variant covers that are just flat out homaging the TV series. (laughs) Um, Including, let me show you, this absolutely gorgeous Hush one.
0: Oh, wow. Yeah, that's very nice. That's
1: beautiful. And this really nice, once more with feeling, musical episode one. (laughs) Um, Which is pretty cool. So the artwork is just, it's gorgeous and I will be carrying on with it. That's my first Halloween recommend. All right. My second one... Well it's one's he- another well it's another ongoing but it's not it's a, yeah. it's a comic book that has jumped from company to company and keeps returning as miniseries. but there are six giant omnibus volumes collecting like the first 15 years of these characters existence out there um I'm talking about the the uh, the the horror horror loving um uh homage uh, that is Tim Seeley's hack slash
0: yeah, okay, Which
1: is what happens when the final girl goes, wow, I survived that. I'm going to do it again. Um, <laughs> Cassie Hack is a serial killer killer. Um, her friend Vlad is a giant deformed, hulking, silent type thing in a gas mask because, sure. you know, he was, he was raised inside a butcher shop for 20 sure. plus years. Air's hard to breathe. Give him, a give him, give him some space. Um, the two of them travel around America and sometimes the world based on the story. Killing slasher killers. Uh, or revenants, as the government call them. Um, because you learn as the series goes on that... Oh no, these are a thing. This is... Um, this if anybody who's ever played the video game Dead by Daylight, for anyone who's ever had a passing curiosity in Elm Street or the Friday the 13th series, mm. people who just basically love the idea of a horror film, sla- horror film slasher property... With a supernatural edge that suggests there's more going on here, um, Hack Slash is for you. Uh, everybody who works on it, every illustrator, every writer aside from, as, uh, alongside Tim Seeley, the creator of the series and writer of the majority of it, everyone involved adores horror movies, yeah. especially the long franchises that go on forever yeah um and and they they appreciate that you're going to meet their takes on serial killers who will only appear for one issue or who might come back later um there is a character who lives on through uh, possession of different items and their first appearance they live inside a teddy bear sure and then it moves on later on there's a guy who has uh he, he's a two-part serial killer because he's this big super strong dude whose conjoined twin is running around helping to commit the murders. Oh, cool. There cool. is the most gruesome lunch lady you will ever see in anything ever who looks like she was shat out of the nightmares of someone who just binged the real Ghostbusters whilst eating cheese before bedtime. Nice. Um, it's, it's, It is a joy. Cassie is wonderful. She's one of the most badass protagonists in any book I've ever read because her entire thing is horror schlock. It's, oh... Oh, the monster's coming after me. Great. Let me pick up this heavy object and bludgeon its skull in. Like, there's no... It's not, we have to bring them in. We have to bring them to justice. It's not, this is a horror book. She's going to kill the murderer before the murderer kills more people. Um, hmm. It also means the danger she and Vlad get in is very fucking real. Um, <laughs> things are lost. Uh, they do not leave each encounter with a... Right, toys back in the in the in the sandbox we'll do this again next issue like each story self-contained but there is baggage there are scars both real and mental yeah um her love life actually does exist as the story goes on and she and her missus are like fucking adorable which of course then adds to the stakes later on because you're like she has a person to get home go home to now yeah is this getting more dangerous but also if you're a fan of slasher and, and horror movies these guys are to the point where they arranged crossovers with, or just flat out bought the rights to do a crossover with horror film properties. There is a great crossover series set after Volume Two with uh, Ash Williams in Hack Slash Army of Darkness. Yep, which fits into the Army of Darkness continuity of the comics at that point. For they rebooted it because reasons. Um, there is a reanimator story. Sure, sure. Because <laughs> why not? Because why not? Um, and also, uh, the comic book continuity of Chucky by Boom Studios. Yes. Um, uh, I think it was Boom. Was it Boom? Who did Chucky? Might um, be Dynamite. Oh, hang on. Uh, da, da, da. Oh, no, DPD. Oh. Devil's Jew Publishing. DDP. Devil Devil's Jew Publishing. Devil's Jew, Jesus. Um, well, I've that Jew... name for a long time. Yeah devil's due publishing had a what was meant to be a chucky ongoing but then became a mini and then was meant to get a sequel but that never happened which sucks because the mini was really good mm. um the first part of that story is hack slash chucky which is also collected in volume one of this um which Me. shows you what happened to the doll's body after the events of cedar chucky <clears throat> Bef- before his, oh arm yes, gets yes,
0: you've talked about this before.
1: Yeah, yeah. So like, it's it's just sort of like, okay, this is, yeah, hmm, and you know, with blessings of original creators getting involved and going, oh, do that or try this, and them going, we're all ears. Like the behind the scenes material in these omnibus volumes is great because they go into detail about the conversations they have with people who own the franchises that they borrow. Um, there's extensive design work <coughs> for their own slashers, which is why I think Dead by Daylight players would enjoy it because it's like. Oh my god, it's just a, like, it's a deviant art nightmare come true. I want to, cre- I, I don't, I'm not a filmmaker, but I want to create this horrible nightmare thing that could mm. stop people. Eh, there it is, what do people think? Here they are in a goddamn comic book. Um, there is a, like, Marvel Universe, Guide to the Marvel Universe style section at the end of each omnibus. Oh, nice, nice. Adding all of the new killers, like, into the catalogue, um, uh, with notes from Cassie, posted it all over the entries as well. Uh, Hack slashes. It's 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 horror schlock porn for the eyes. It's just okay. so much fun. All right. Um, so Hack my Slash. question to you is, which which slasher killer would you would you like to see pop up in uh, a comic book crossover with uh, a comic book slasher killer? And I'll let you know if it has happened or not with these guys. Candyman <clears throat> it hasn't happened, but that'd be great. Mm. That'd be amazing. Um, I mean, whoever illustrates it would hate that because they'd have to draw a load of bees. Bees! Bees! Somebody bees! bees. Uh, We're in the top three. Hey, Matt, do you want an ongoing
0: ongoing series? Not particularly. My time is limited.
1: Good, because the only good entry in this series is the one we're going to talk about. Hey. Um, Hey! About 15 years ago, in the comic book series Ultimate Fantastic Four, the spin-off to all the uh, oh, Marvel yes. comic books, that, it was a reboot of everything, Ultimate Spider-Man, Ultimate X-Men, etc., um, Marvel had claimed they were not going to do any crossovers with the main Marvel universe. And then in one issue of Ultimate Fantastic Four, a Reed Richards, Sue Storm, Johnny Storm, and uh, Ben Grimm, very clearly your classic Fantastic Four designs and universe... Yeah. Reach out through a dimensional portal to the ultimate Fantastic Four universe and go, oh my god, here you are. This is amazing. We've been trying to find another one to talk to. This is fantastic. Let us share ideas. Isn't this incredible? Yay! (laughs) And then on the sly, one of them eats someone at the Baxter building. They're zombies. They're eventually um, beaten and defeated and cut to pieces and murdered before they can hurt anyone in... I remember reading that issue and being so shocked because like, even though Ultimate Fantastic Four was a little bit more on the, the creepy sci-fi spectrum of, of, yes. of Fantastic Four stories, Yes, just flat-out zombies was very surprising and very like, oh my God. At the end of this story, the portal is cut off from the world they came from because someone on the other side has gone, right, go. Like, I've destroyed the tech this side. Kill them in your world. Don't let them spread. I've got to destroy this so that no, none of them... Can use this to come through. Marvel Zombies picks up immediately where that left off, where Magneto has destroyed the portal machine created by Zombie Reed Richards uh, to stop the rest of the infected super oh. beings from leaving this world. See, a while ago, something known only as the Hunger started to take. At this point, anyway, started to take over the world, and as soon as a super person was infected, that infection spread very quickly yes and then the bodies started piling up because sure someone gets a zombie virus that means they crave the taste of human flesh they might end up eating a few people before they're found and killed if quicksilver gets the zombie virus yeah he's gonna run around eating things and leaving things alive by mistake that are now infected or he's going to bite another superhero and go, Hey, welcome to the club. Let's go. Uh-huh. Marvel Zombies takes place in a world where there is no one left to eat. And the remaining hundred-ish super beings that are now zombies are starting to get worried that there's nothing left. Magneto yeah. survived for a long time because, you know, Master of Magnetism. Stick in a mi- try and chase him down in a city. He's going to pull shit down on top of you and kill you. Um. Magneto alerts Asteroid M. Turns out the Marauders are all alive and well up there and they're waiting for Magneto to come back and, and join them and figure out what the hell they're going to do next. 90s style as well. They're all like pouches and, and big guns and stuff. and Yeah. Whatnot. Whereas everyone else is dressed in a very 60s kind of look. But, you know, yeah, sure, it does, whatever.
0: Yeah, it does hark back to that kind of thing, yeah.
1: Um, they managed to kill Magneto after he sent the signal for the Marauders, though. Yeah. Um, and eat him, and the civil war nearly begins between the two factions of the zombie Avengers and, and supervillains that have joined him. Because here's the thing. After these zombies eat, they become a little more coherent. Yeah, They start to feel things a bit more... Which, some of them, like Hank Pym, Tony Stark, and Colonel Rogers. Yes. Colonel America. Former um, President Colonel... Former President <laughs> Colonel America. Colonel America. Uh, and for- former owner of a full skull, but Magneto like uses his mm. shield to cut the top of his head off. Which doesn't kill him. Nope. And it's like, what is happening? Um, like, some of the the scientisty uh, zombies, every time they gain a bit more clarity, are like, right, we need to form a plan, what do we do? Like we don't we don't happen to all those congressmen and women like surely there are bunkers we need to go to D.C. There'll be loads of people hiding out in secret facilities like we've got to do we've got to try this, Um, you know that they're doing that. Meanwhile, others just start to repent. Spider Man keeps wailing over the fact that on the day he got infected, he ate Mary Jane and Aunt May and other zombies around him. Like oh shut the fuck up! We all killed people and ate them. Like oh we all killed people we loved and ate them on day one. Get over it. Um, Hulk forms down to Bruce Banner Hulk had eaten Magneto's leg and now Bruce Banner's lay there with like jagged bits of his stomach sticking up on the verge of splitting open because his stomach isn't as big as the Hulk but he only turns into the Hulk when the hunger comes back so it's like this is messed up Um, the reason I recommend this is because it's not just a book of despair and disgust i mean there's some horrible shit wait till you find out what or rather who hank pym is keeping in a secret lab and for why
0: um
1: it is it is messed up um but uh the two reasons i think this is worth checking out this is written by robert kirkman of the walking dead um before the walking dead really took off it's like early days for the walking dead yeah um the forward to this graphic novel is him going like, I didn't want to do this when they offered it to me, but then they told me sort of the premise of their version of the zombies. And I was like, Oh, I mean, that is different. All right. I'll, I'll write this. And I think he writes the first two volumes. Um, and one of the tie-ins, but this, this six issue first series is, is the recommendation that I'm giving because the other premise of this is as they're deliberating what to do next. The Silver Surfer, the Herald of Galactus, arrives at their Earth for the first time mm. with the news that Galactus is about to arrive and devour Earth. Um, bad timing for Norrin Rad because he's the first bit of fresh meat that's shown up since Magneto was killed. Yep. And then what do you think happens when a world of zombies is suddenly presented with a gigantic spaceman? Buffy! It is... It, this goes some weird places um and it has it has a it has a classic horror movie kind of ending we in the clear we guess and epilogue oh shit kind of premise uh it's it's great uh there are more there's there's like six sequels to this There is a prequel called Dead Days. There is a prequel tie-in with Army of Darkness set during the Army of Darkness comic continuity that then ends up in a hack slash crossover. Um, So, you know, Ash from Evil Dead is undisputably a part of why things begin in the Marvel Zombies continuity. Uh, You could, of course, read the two Ultimate Fantastic Four issues, should you wish. There is plenty to dig into if you do enjoy this. But my recommendation for Halloween is just Marvel Zombies Volume 1. Just read it. It's freaking great. I've read it's so grim. <laughs> it's so so grim.
0: I think I've read <laughs> the first four.
1: Yeah, oh so you've uh, so you so the second volume continues the adventures of this particular yeah. group of monsters. Yeah. And then 3 and 4 is the Machine Man and Jacosta stuff where it's like they're being sent out on missions yes to deal with zombie stuff in in other dimensions before it spreads further and then
0: one of them is no one of them is uh machine man and and then yeah the other one is, is is howard the duck
1: yeah he gets involved as well yeah 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 and howard the duck is if i'm correct me if i'm wrong world but howard the duck is 616 howard the duck yes no, because, yeah, he's, yeah, the, because he, he has referenced in his book since that time he was sent on the zombie killing Yeah, thing. no,
0: it's 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 616, <laughs> Jocasta and Machine Man because they are agents of parallel. That's Marlo. it, yeah.
1: Yes. Yeah, and it's a really good use of Machine Man as well. Yeah. It's one of those where you're like, really, these are the stars of the book? And then you get into it, you're like, Okay, actually, this is pretty great. Yeah. <laughs> like, of course you send think... androids and, and cyborg people to deal with zombies. They have less chance of being infected. I think they're all right, <laughs> though. But yeah, the first one is
0: is really strong. And um, yeah. But yeah, after, after, it, I think it was a law of diminishing returns.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, as with any horror franchise, really. It just sort of gets worse as it goes on. Yes. Um, and the initial idea is the best. Yeah. Uh, without going into detail audio, audibly, that's the bit when I was rereading yeah. it this week that made me go, oh God, I forgot about that. Oh, that's horrendous. Oh my yeah. God, that is so disgusting. Um, it's also like one of the few times ever where when you realise that Forge is alive, you're like, yay! Because of what it leads to for a certain character who's had a lot taken away from them. <laughs> yes. Um, in this story. Yes. Uh, the, the homage covers to classic Marvel covers are brilliant. Yeah. Uh they're all done by... Uh, what's the name? Sunday? Um, what's the artist's name? Let me whip it up now with my eye holes. Uh, Arthur Osun Su- Su- Dam, who did some amazing work for this and then went on to do covers for Deceased in the last couple of years. Yeah. Um, and was exposed for stealing people's source photo material uh, to use for it. And it was like, oh. Sweet. Oh, great. Oh well that sucks. So Oh no, he done a Greg Land. Yeah, I mean for these covers at least they're not based on real people or stealing work, they're based on classic Marvel covers. So you can enjoy this at yeah, least. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Um would you like to hear my two absolute top picks for I would Halloween readings?
0: Love to hear your two absolute top picks. For Who's Halloween. your
1: favorite human being called uh Desmolchin? <laughs> cuz if it's if it's David Smallchin. <laughs> and you love Halloween, then you're in luck. So, okay. um, a- all right. Actor, actor and writer David Smallchin, who who are our listeners will definitely know from things like The Dark Knight, the Ant-Man yeah. movies, um, you know, the Flash TV series, the um, upcoming the, the, ga- the Suicide Squad. Yeah, Polka Dot Man himself uh teamed up with Dark Horse Comics end of last year start this year to create Count Crowley, reluctant midnight monster hunter. Ah! This is that looks so great. fucking good. Uh, the cover looks like some kind of weird mashup of Elvira and Kiss. That is the best way to describe it. Um, we have no this choice. This is great,
0: but to stand,
1: but to <laughs> pretty much. Um, so this is about Jerry, who was a news anchor for her local TV station a TV station that her mum and dad used to run and she and her brother have inherited it. She goes away for a while for something that is hinted at in this series, but, like, should they do a follow-up series, which they they have plans to, but it's not been announced yet, so maybe they're working on it in quiet, Mm. in in secrecy. Um, She went away and she's come back. She's been given the fluffy anchor job, like, of just going and doing the quirky stories. Thing is, Jerry's dealt with some shit in recent years. She's not a happy-go-lucky person. She is a, like... She she is she's more alcoholic than human. Um, she's deeply unhappy. She doesn't take any shit from anyone around her. Anyone asking her to get help is is on the receiving end of her. Cool. Go fuck yourself. Um, I'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Uh, she doesn't care. Bye. When when she screws up massively on one of her fluff pieces for the news network, her brother gives her her last shot. Count Crowley, the host of their like midnight monster movie slot on the channel with a cult following, has not reported into work for two weeks, and they can't hold the slot back any further because for this small local station, it is, you know, for better or worse, one of the more popular slots on the station. Stoners, yeah. teenagers, horror movie fans, nerds alike tune in at midnight to watch a shit horror movie and watch Count Crowley introduce it. But he's not been in for a while. Um, short of her brother donning the makeup. He's, he gives Jerry the chance, like, look, you do this, earn some cash, stay with the station, stay on your contract, no one will know it's you, you're under a load of makeup, like, let's just do it. She gives it a shot. She openly insults the audience. She has a whale of a time kind of letting out all of her aggression whilst being like a sarcastic, um, sassy arsehole in the links in and out of this movie and its commercial breaks. Mm, mm. They get the most responses they've had to the station for a long time equally positive and negative, but it's enough for a brother to be like, right, you've got to keep doing this. And for her to be like, I'm reaching for another bottle, you're fucking kidding me. Yeah. No, no. But on her first night when she leaves, she's accosted by a young man who wants to know where the real Count Crowley is. He needs his help. He said he'd meet me here. And under the full moon, this dude transforms into a fucking werewolf. Oh, nice. And she barely escapes with her life. Oh. Thus begins Jerry's search, in between being bollocked by a high schoolmate uh, who's the local like police uh, officer who patrols at night and all this stuff, who's trying to get her to get help and tattletailing on her to her brother. Uh, between all this, thus begins Jerry's journey to find out what the hell happened to Crowley and does the host that he took over from initially, who's living in a uh, an uh, old folks' home... Um, And apparently, like, a violent man who was only being visited by Crowley, uh, up until he went missing two weeks ago. What he has, what he has to do with it. Um, this is, this is a fantastic fucking comedy horror movie in one book. Um. Yeah. Jerry, Jerry is incredibly likable. Uh. She is not drawn as a, a typical horror comic heroine or classic comic heroine. She looks knackered. She looks so fucking tired <laughs> all the time. Um she spends a lot of the the, the middle of the issue of the, the series of the story in the makeup from that first night, having not showered yet, because she's still trying to find stuff out. So it just looks more and more haggard yeah. as the story goes on. She encounters a silent, a silent type who tries to kill her. Who is like so reminiscent of Walter from the Mask comic books? It's it's nuts. Um, right. If you're a fan of like Midnight Monster stuff, of Elvira, of Vincent Price, Hammer Horror, um, Wayne's World, even like this is this will tickle those those itches. It is it is so so good, and it's one concise, solid arc that ends with the notion of there's more to this. Um, right, with a little a little teaser sting at the end, showing that there's someone paying more attention to what's going on than they realised. Um, but it, it's a one and done. Like, it works well as one book. If it doesn't come back, that will suck. But if it doesn't, at least this one volume makes sense. And I'm sure one day they'll find a way to tell the part two that they'd like to tell. Interesting. But... It's, I mean, it's like you said before about EC horror, EC comics, like it, it harks back to that era. Like each issue ends with a horror maestro wrapping up the story and setting up the cliffhanger for you. <laughs> um, it's just got this dirty, like really filthy kind of art style. Um, oh, yeah, Lucas yeah. To Uh Lucas uh, And it's just, oh, it's a delight. Um, please buy it because not only is it good, but it means that Dark Horse might be able to go, yeah, let, wh- why aren't we doing this now? Let's make more now. Mm. Um, and if you don't buy it, uh, David De Smolchin will uh, set Baba Yaga after you. He'll so. get you with these polka dots. He'll, he'll strike you with his deep Russian accent. <laughs> um he did some great time material. If you enjoy the book that much, one of the horror hosts they audition you see briefly is a character that David Desmolchins played in the marketing for this book, <laughs> um, which you can find on YouTube uh, and is worth watching as well because it's really fucking weird. <laughs> like, it's really, really weird. Interesting. Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. Want to know what it looks like? It's the fucking thumbnail, ladies and gentlemen. There's your giveaway. Um, and finally. Yes. Give dear me... Matthew, your
0: number one.
1: Who are the scariest villains in Batman's rogues gallery?
0: Uh, Kite Man.
1: Uh, <laughs> I didn't say who are the sexiest villains in Batman's rogues gallery. Who are the scariest villains um, in Batman's rogues gallery? Calendar Man. Calendar Man? All right, yeah. Um,
0: okay. uh, oh no, White Rabbit is... I mean- uh,
1: some some of them are straight up based around like fear and perversion ooh, and ooh, stuff. Mad Magpie. You know. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. See, normally normally one would like go, oh, the Joker. or oh, Scarecrow. Yeah. Uh, Two-Face. He's terrified. Killer Croc. <laughs> nah, fuck that. Jane Doe. I'm sorry. Dan Slot. Jane Doe. Dan Slot. Spider-Man, Fantastic Four, Iron Man writer extraordinaire, She-Hulk writer um, to the stars, had a bash at Batman back in 2003 with a six-issue limited series called Arkham Asylum Living Hell.
0: Yeah, I've heard tell of this. I have not read it.
1: Seen it? Read it. This, this fucking book, holy shit, I, when I started this week, I was like, "I'm, I'm going to reread some horror stuff because I wanted to. I wanted to bring my picks to the podcast." Yes, and I was like, "I remember Arkham Asylum: Living Hell being freaky. I'm not ready for a few years though. Let me um, let me reread. Yeah, this kept me up last night. Uh, so, uh. the basic premise of Arkham Asylum: Living Hell is uh, <laughs> billionaire mm. twat." Uh, Warren White, known amongst other criminals and, and philanthropists, mar- marketing themselves as good people, who are really up to dodgy shit, is known. Uh, he moves books around for the mob. He profits on his own things. Known to everybody as the uh, the Great White Shark. Um, Mahaz's trial moved around so much that now he's been caught embezzling people and screwing over pensions and all this that and the other to move funnel money from here and there. has his his trial moved around from court to court so much that he eventually ends up in a place where he knows he'll get the most lenient sentence. It ends up in Gotham and he pleads insanity and Hmm. the judge is like, right, there's no evidence really to suggest you are, but you've strung this along so much and you and your your lawyers are making a case for insanity, so that you did you you made these complex calculations and you fucked over thousands of people and companies and profited for yourself. Like you've left people homeless, you screwed up pensions. A worker committed suicide on your watch after going through the accounts, which is what began the the investigation. Because people were like, "Why would they kill themselves after looking at the accounts?" So like, doesn't make any sense. Um, maybe someone uh, forced him into it or threatened him, like. You've done all this stuff. I cannot believe for one second that you are dealing with any form of insanity or mental illness. But if that, is your, if that is the plea you're going to continue making, then congratulations, case dismissed. You're declared insane and you will be moved to the nearest correctional facility for a minimum of five years. By the way, Mr. White, you really should have looked into which city you were moving to. Yeah. Warren White is taken to Arkham Asylum. And what begins is, effectively, the story of one man who even the monsters of Gotham think is the worst man who ever lived. Because even the Joker hasn't stolen, like, an old person's pension just before they claim it. Even Two-Face hasn't made children homeless. Everyone in here fucking hates him. So what begins as name-calling, he's a little fish now, he ain't the shark, he's a little fish in a big pond, he's 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 the little fish boy, he's the fish boy, he's fish, 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 turns into weeks of torment um, that escalates in a way that can only be described as Batman the horror movie. Batman barely features in this, it's why his name's not even in the title of the series. Um, Gotham's biggest rogues appear, but they aren't the focal point. Mm. This is the story of Warren White's attempt to survive... Whilst Arkham is led into a centuries-old trap that begins with its earliest days, even before it was the Elizabeth Arkham uh, Asylum, and a uh, a satanic scheme put to rest, or so he thought, by Jason Blood. So, ah, oh, that will come. We are dealing with. At first, the story of one man suffering in a living horror movie that is being an inmate at Arkham, mm. and having to deal with the things that occur around him, all the while, something that Etrigan the Demon tried to stop coming to the Earth from some other side. Oh, good. Has begun to wake in the bowels of Lady Arkham. Um, giggity, this is this is. I mean, it's it's fucking great because it's already a character horror that then turns into, like, d- snowballs into a freaking satanic, like, oh my god, this is terrifying. Th- fuck the hell mouth. Like, <laughs> no one go down into the sub-basement of Arkham kind of storyline. Um, <laughs> y- all your faves appear. Um, th- he makes great use of Bullock uh and um characters like him but the stars of this book aside from Warren White's growing paranoia and fear for his own life are <laughs> uh, uh his his doctor his psychiatrist uh, i'm just going to get her name properly uh his psychiatrist uh ann, what was it ann is it ann Carter? i want to get her surname right um It'll come to me. But a psychiatrist Anne who works at Arkham, who's dealt with all this shit. She's bored of it. She's she's, you know, she can't even get a date because she takes her work home so much and it affects her. Uh, she makes a deal with Warren. She's like, Right, I have friends who could get mm. you transferred to the um to the what's it called? Where you're on your own? Solitary confinement. Could get you transferred to the <laughs> solitary confinement um facility at Blackgate with psychiatrist appointments as your stand-in for the for the treatment here i can make that happen on two uh, on two counts one it's not a lot of money to you mr white but if you can wire 20 million into my account through your offshore people that can change my life i can get the fuck out of here and i can be me again and not a doctor in this hellhole and two for the couple of weeks this is going to take to do if you manage to stay alive to do it um I want you to have daily sessions with me because it's nice to talk to somebody who isn't a murderous psychopath. So you have Mm. this through line going on for him at first. Thing is, a couple months ago, Jane Doe escaped Arkham Asylum. (laughs) For those who don't know Jane Doe, she is a relatively featureless, like she shaves her eyebrows down and sort of has removed any kind of key features on her face at least. Um, serial killer in the world of Batman who inhabits the lives of other people. Yep. Because that's yep. what she likes to do. And there are several people involved in this deal that Warren is, is trying to do to get out who may or may not even really be there anymore. Um mm-hmm. They do stuff with Jane Doe in this. is fucking horrifying. There's the Gotham villain Doodlebug who's like... A relatively throwaway kind of bad, bad, uh, Batman villain. He's a gr- famous artist who's turned into a graffiti artist and, and vandal. He like, does horrible big displays of, of art in places that endanger people's lives. In this, we learn that that's not the reason why he's in Arkham. It's because like he sees the world Van Gogh-like with like different colours and shapes and patterns. And occasionally will add the blood of people to his paint.
0: <sighs> he may
1: or may not be a tool... Uh, being utilised by the thing in the basement at this point and the use of the paint uh, blood in the paint is not necessarily his choice um nor is the graffiti simply just graffiti it may or may not be keys or doorways um humphrey dumpler humpty dumpty himself is a major player in this book uh, Humpty Dumpty puts things back together again, folks. But sometimes to do that, he breaks them. Mm. Uh, he's a model mm. inmate of Arkham. They love him there. When a mirror is smashed in a common room gripe, Jeremiah Arkham brings Humpty... Uh, dump- uh, I'm going to call him Humpty. Brings Humpty <laughs> into his office, gives him everything they found of the mirror, and says, right, uh, for you get some extra TV time in the recess room to yourself uh, for the next month. Mm-hmm. If you put that back together. And he's like... I, I can't think of anything more fun. Thank you so much. And Humpty spends a day putting the mirror back together under supervision of the guards, obviously, because it's glass. That's how they find out there's a big dagger-like shard of it missing. So he is then given another request. Like, do you want... Is there, you know, you've helped us out a lot here. Is there anything else we can do for you? And Humpty's like, I would like that nice Mr. Warren White man moved into my cell, please, because I think I think his cellmate is hurting him. And it's like, oh, Okay. And Humpty's sort of pacified by being given these little things to fix from time to time. Mm. Um, uh, Warren is grateful for a new cellmate who seems like a nice person. You know, he's this giant seven foot tall obese egg of a man, but he's he doesn't seem to be a violent maniac who wants to hurt him like the rest of them. And he doesn't. And when Humpty tells him the story of how he was first arrested and why, and you learn that him putting things back together around town resulted in people's deaths and... Um, he was brought in by Batgirl after an ATM was one of the things he took apart and put back together. And then when Batgirl caught him from falling and dislocated both of her arms, he, of course, walked up to her and she's panicking like crazy. And he just puts them back in for her and makes sure she's okay. Because that's what he does. He puts things back together. He doesn't want to hurt her. Like, he's she's right. He's a criminal. He's He did a thing that gave away hundreds of thousands of dollars that people then stole and that's not right so he goes back to his grandma's um his grandma's shoe shop where like he works and is beaten by his grandma on the daily to at least show Batgirl something before he goes in because he's like I think I have to tell you about this he takes Uh. her back to reveal that his grandma obviously beat him and was horrible to him because there must have been something broken inside of her so he took her apart and put her back together again in the hopes that this time she'll be right (sighs) and when when Warren learns about that he's like okay I don't feel safe in here anymore because Dumpty's basically like that's the reason I wanted to bring you in here and be friends with you is because and this phrase keeps going throughout the whole thing you are the worst person I've ever met Mm. there must be a way to fix you and you and me together we're going to figure out what it is and he doesn't mean any like I'm going to cut you open like that's not what he's saying but after the story he's just told you are like Warren get out of there (laughs) leave um meanwhile the satanic shit starts to build up and spread through the asylum um we get some lovely horror movie homages where uh, joker and two-face break out during a during a riot um killer Cro- this is the story that introduces Aaron Cash and, and we learn all about him he's one of the protagonists of the book uh, yeah. arkham security yeah, yeah. head Aaron Cash uh we learn about how he lost his hand we uh learn about the people he he knows and loves from work and 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 what his like commitments in the world around him are and his his, his personal life and we watch him overcome his fear ultimately in the final confrontation within the asylum's basement. Um, there's some great shit in here. It is it, just yeah.
0: It sounds like um... so
1: scary. Like you know, Magpie and Poison Ivy try attempt to break out that leads them into their very own um, basically sort of. Uh, the, the the scantily clad women get attacked by the monster horror scene. Sure. Th- that is played full on for like. Why are they going down there? What the fuck is wrong with them? Mm. Um, that leads to some really unique body horror from a lot of the characters later on. Um It's it's so good. It is so damn spooky, and I I recommend it to anybody who horror And it's like, I want to read a horror story set in a Batman world. Let's do it. Bring it on. Yeah,
0: it's it's one of those corners of the DC universe that's sort of ripe for horrific Mm. uh, pillaging because you've got so many sort of twisted serial killers and yeah.
1: It's also well worth a read just to see the fate of Warren White and how his story ends in this book. Because... you don't get a nickname like the great white shark in a comic book and it not lead to something. No, interesting. No. Um, it's, Oh, the body horror is phenomenal. There's a bit where some characters are transformed into different things as part Wee. of the arcane stuff that's going on. That one there that I'm pointing it to you being my favorite.
0: Yeah. Okay. Because
1: okay. that yeah. is horrendous. I like that. Uh, that's some resident evil looking shit right there. Yeah. Um, yeah. It is it, It's gorgeous. Uh, Illustrated by Ryan Souk. uh, And a bunch of the cover work is done by... Your old pal, uh, Eric Powell. Well, the covers are beautiful. Correct me if I'm wrong, but they use a lot
0: of the tone and style of Living Hell
1: in uh, the Arkham Arkham Asylum. Asylum game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the characters are referenced... Uh, directly in that, like Warren White's yeah. got a profile and stuff, and it's just Oh, it's good. And also, if you're a fan of characters who rhyme throughout their entire dialogue, <laughs> Humpty Dumpty and Etrigan are in this, so tuck the fucking. Yeah. Um, it even plays a plot point. In the final act, people who speak in rhyme actually plays a role in the ritual stuff. Love it. Um, it's oh it's fun. It's it is it is fun. Um so yeah. Uh Boom Studios, Buffy the Vampire Slayer reboot. Marvel Zombies, the OG. Uh, Hack Slash by Tim Seeley. Count Crowley, Reluctant Midnight Monster Hunter. And Arkham Asylum, Living Hell. They be my picks if you want some spooky to read. This Halloween. Get away from your screens and yeah. look at something made of paper. Oh. Yeah, yes. Crack of thunder. Crack of thunder. <laughs> uh. <laughs> You know, I just that's, thought I'd get ahead of it, because people always say, yeah. where would you recommend start reading here and there? And I was like, for Halloween? Motherfuckers, sit down. I'm like make a whole goddamn list. I think
0: that's uh, that's some good spooky comics.
1: You have a uh, good chunk of spooky comics you've dumped on us there. I'm a spooky man. That's yeah. all I can
0: say. Yeah. Good times.
1: Yeah. I mean, legally, the courts say I have to tell you that I'm a spooky man whenever I enter. Yeah. A room. You have to yeah. send postcards to everyone whenever you move into a new place. Um, hi everybody um I'm one of those spooky men uh? Uh, have you done something horrible Oh God no, no no I'm just a I'm just a spooky man I'm just <laughs> spooky don't um, misconstrue me I'm just a little bit spooky
0: so yeah we are we enjoy we hope you enjoy uh, whatever spoopiness you can get up to with the uh, with things being as they are this uh mm. this Halloween weekend um so spoop responsibly yeah. uh, and tell us about your spooky experiences by getting in touch with us on BigDamnContact at gmail.com or at BigDamnCast on Twitter. Uh, do not forget to come and say hi over on uh, Twitch at twitch.tv forward slash BigDamnStream, where we stream every Monday and Friday. And of course, if you are in a position to do so and want to chuck us a couple of shekels to help keep this show going, then you can do keep so... Keep the lights
1: at- on, so to speak.
0: Yes. Uh, keep keep the hosting going. Then you can do so at patreon.com. Mm. Sorry, patreon.com forward slash big damn cast. I'm very tired. I'm sorry.
1: Um, He's a sleepy boy. Um, yeah. And also, well, I'll tell you what, help out this sleepy busy boy, ladies and gentlemen. Next yeah. week, inevitably, we're going to be talking about episode one. Uh, because I believe it's episodic again. Of yes, The Mandalorian so. season two. So if you watch it, we want to know your reviews. We're going to be talking about it. And it'd be cool to hear what you think of it too. So let us know before next mm. Also known nice. as Wednesday on most calendars. Uh, nice. Yeah. Thanks very much. What very are you good. doing for this Halloween? Are you gonna are you gonna sit indoors and 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 cry into a mask? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that's
0: that's my most most of my weekends anyway, but it's uh it's a special one this
1: week, this weekend. You should make your mask wear a mask. What? You should put a pump like a pumpkin mask or a ghost mask over your face. Mask. What's the uh, same? You
0: don't. Bye, everyone.